Good morning. This is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. Central Daylight Time. It is July 26, 2019, and this is episode 118 of Bitcoin And. And I'm going to do a a little bit different uh, things today. There's going to be a little bit of uh, community announcements alongside some news, so I'm going to be clicking, okay? So you're going to hear my mouse be clicking, because I usually have everything already set up, so I don't have to do that, but the way that I've got it set up today is just a little bit different. I'm going to see how it rolls. Well, you know, we'll, we'll... We'll do that. Okay. Anyway, so um, first up is that I took a look at uh, the BTC pay server directory. Got it. Got to say, man, it looks pretty damn nice. Uh, if I go to it, it uh, has merchants that take Bitcoin charity or um, not that take Bitcoin that use BTC pay server. Uh, so merchants, charities, apps, and they got one over here called hosts. And I'm not exactly sure. Um Third, let's see, third-party hosts are free or premium BTC pay instances that allow people who do not want to self-host. Oh, okay, okay, cool. So, so there's a, looks like there's eight, yeah, there's, looks like there's eight providers on here. Like one is called btcpayprovider.com, another one is exitpay.org. So apparently they will set up and host a BTC pay server for you. So that's pretty cool, but, uh, all, but again, like under the merchants tag, you know, Joe, uh, Jubar, junglelab.io, cheapair.com, where's my liberty, luxnode.io. There's all, oh, yeah, first class CBD shop. Nice, nice. So if you want to find somebody and do business with them over BTC Pay Server, then go to directory.btcpayserver.org. All right, guys. Uh, let's see what else is up here. Mmm. Yeah, okay. Also going on with BTC or continuing with BTC pay server stuff, uh, Pavlinex tweeted out uh, yesterday. I'm not sure if it's at Stephen Lavera's podcast or towards crowdfunding or both, but we're seeing an increasing co- activity in contributors to BTC pay server and it feels so fucking good. We'll soon organize remote dev sessions with the one and only at Rockstar Dev to get y'all up to speed. And if you haven't been listening to Stephen Levera's podcast, he's been having a, a whole bunch of people that are working on have been have been or currently are or you know whatever working on BTC Pay Server. And uh, so you kind of get to know the uh, development crew behind BTC Pay Server. And I got to say, man, there's some. You know, Rockstar Dev and Pavlinex and, you know, these guys are are solid dudes, man. I, I, I've really been enjoying getting to getting to know the uh, the back end crew of BTC pay server because it kind of confirms what I what I believe. They're hardcore Bitcoiners and they just they're just not going to put up with any shit coinery. Uh, they want to. <laughs> 
because the code they, they've said because the code is open source if you want to use BTC pay server to accept some kind of shit coin well brother be prepared to code because they're not going to help you with that all right and good um bitmex rex uh wrecked uh twitter account is suspended um <laughs> or it was yesterday hold on for a second let me let me check see if it's still in suspension and it it is uh, at Bitmex Rect. Uh, their account is uh, still suspended. I'm not sure what they did to get to pull a suspension from Twitter, but um, yeah, they're they're um, <laughs> you know the the whole uh, you know liquidated longs from Bitmex Rect used to just you know. <laughs> was my biggest fear whenever I'd open up the uh, Twitter app is to look at it and just go, Oh God, it's just a wall of, of lick longs. And I'm, you know, I was always scared of that. So I, I guess for the time being, I, I'm going to have to be, get, get my thrills of and, and fearful thrills from somewhere else because it sure as shit ain't coming from BitMEX wrecked. All right, moving on up, uh, try lolly news. I mean, come on, everybody knows about the Safeway thing, but before that actually hit and and fried everybody's minds, uh, Trilolly released the following. It says, yes, we are building a mobile app and it's going to be incredible. Can't wait to share it with you all. Stack sats everywhere. And the second in that thread is, as we do with everything we build, we're building our mobile app with privacy and security as our absolute top priority. The Lolly mobile app will give everyone a way to earn Bitcoin on daily purchases, coffee, ride sharing, gas, grocery, food, travel, etc. So it looks like they're they're getting closer to where you can stack sats by physically going into a store instead of kind of having to shop online and or have the item that you uh, stack sats with delivered to you or you go pick it up at the store. I personally... Am, am waiting for this uh, because I mean it's not that it's not that I'm a fuddy duddy and I don't like buying shit online. It's just that when it comes to stuff like my everyday needs, uh, that's where I spend most of my cash. And if I'm going to spend most of my cash, you know, walking into stores, I really want to be able to take try lolly with me or or lolly with me so that I can actually stack sats on the, the majority of the cash that I spend instead of the ancillary cash that I spend. And it looks like they're uh, going to make that happen. I asked them if they had any more news on that. They came back and said, no, they do not. We will have to wait. Um, but what we don't have to wait on is clearly the, uh, the obvious news that Yahoo Finance tweeted out a interview that they did with with Alex Adelman, uh, CEO of, of Lolly, <clears throat> and uh, they made the announcement that they uh, struck a deal with Safeway. Now, there's a bit more to this, so let's get into this Cointelegraph article. <clears throat> this was written about six hours ago by uh, Marie Hulet, or Hulet. Safeway shoppers can now get Bitcoin back as change at 894 U.S. stores. <laughs> Bitcoin rewards shopping app Lolly has partnered with major American grocery chain Safeway to give customers 3.5% back in Bitcoin on all their purchases. According to a blog post announcing the new partnership on July 25th, Safeway, the Albertsons company's subsidiary, operates 894 locations across 17 American states. Now, keep Albertsons in mind, y'all. This is me talking because I'm going to come back to that. The system will reward customers in Satoshis, the name given to one hundred millionth of one Bitcoin, the smallest unit of the cryptocurrency. 
in an interview with Yahoo Finance, Lolly CEO and uh, co-founder Alex Adelman said that teaming up with one of the most well-recognized food retailers in the United States will give people the ability to get involved in holding and owning Bitcoin, perhaps for the first time. He added that whereas the initial thought during Bitcoin's early days had been that the cryptocurrency would first be used as a payments rail, his view is that earning Bitcoin will be the first wave that gets Bitcoin into the hands of the masses. As compared with retailers, traditional fiat currency-denominated loyalty cards, he argued that cryptocurrency was a better store of value, likening it to a savings account that could reap lucrative rewards to long-term holders. Quote, Points, as you know, are deflationary, and Bitcoin is non-deflationary, so, so I think it's a better store of value than an arbitrary point system. I'm not exactly sure he meant that the way that he thinks he meant that, but I'm just, uh, screw it, I'm going to let it slide. We, we love you, Alex. Beyond Bitcoin, various projects have been integrating blockchain technology and digital assets to merchants' legacy points systems, including New York-based blockchain startup Long Blockchain and China Union Pay in partnership with IBM. As Cointelegraph reported earlier this summer, Lolly has recently added major booking service Hotels.com to its partners, which lists over 325,000 properties in around 19,000 locations worldwide. Back in November 2018, Lolly had raised $2.25 million in an over, oversubscribed seed round from investors, including Digital Currency Group. Lolly is going to end up being one of the top five Bitcoin companies, y'all, uh, unless they do something fundamentally stupid or colossally, you know, colossally, if that's a word, idiotic, like take BSV. Please don't do this, Alex. Please, for the love of God, stick to your guns. Don't start accepting Bitcoin, uh, shit coins because uh, I just, I don't, I don't want to see you burn like that, pal. I just, I, I, I don't think I could take it. I really don't. Um, I don't see them actually getting close to doing that because they're, like I said, there are some pretty rock solid Joes. Um, along with the BTC pay server guys. So, but like if they, if they stick to their guns and they keep doing the things that they're doing, what I've seen is some is a group of people that know how to shake down, uh, and, and, and do bi uh, business development. I've not seen a whole lot of people move this fast, uh, before, uh, I, I mean, I've seen it and then when, when I do see it, it usually results in a company that ends up being pretty big. Um, I'm, I'm calling it right now. If they, uh, if they don't fuck up, these guys are going to be top five Bitcoin company inside of a couple of years, if not already. And it, cause it kind of depends on what you mean, what I mean by top Bitcoin company. And I'm not even sure what I mean. I know it's a combination between, you know, reach, how much income they're getting. But I mean, there's also like how, how the question, how impactful is that company also comes into the mix plus a whole bunch of other stuff. And I'm not going to like sit out and write out a formula of what I believe a, a, a top Bitcoin company looks like and what they're, you know, what's involved in that. It's sort of like pornography. I don't know how to describe it, but I know it when I see it. And I, what I see here is a top five, a top five Bitcoin company. That that's what I see. All right, uh, moving on. Let's see here. Do, 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 do. Oh yeah. Oh oh. I I wanted to touch on the Albertsons thing. Okay. Um, um, I have been on Lolly's ass probably for the last six months about getting them to just hook up with Albertsons, uh, and because Albertsons, you know, quite frankly, owns. Oh God. 
it's not just Safeway, y'all. Albertsons has had their own brand for years, and then they kind of went the way of the dodo, but they didn't ever co- fully collapse. And what they ended up doing is selling off a whole shit ton of their properties to get out of. I think they were either in bankruptcy or they were get they were getting damn near close to going tits up, right? So they they did the hard thing. They laid off a bunch of people. They sold a bunch of their property. And it was, they were, I, it looked like they were almost going to die that that even that wasn't working. So all the Albertsons in West Texas, they, they basically got replaced by United, uh, supermarkets, which it has always been, you know, always been around in West Texas for like a hundred years in either event, slowly, but surely Albertsons started clawing their way back and they started buying brands. And they were like buying Safeway, and they then they ended up buying uh, the United. United itself had like four sub brands. They had United Supermarkets, they had Amigos, they had Market Street, and they had a United Express, which is a chain of gas stations and uh, convenience stores uh, with the United branding. And uh, Albertsons bought them all. Okay, so Albertsons owns not only those, not only their own brand, they own like like 25, like I think it's like 25 different grocery store chains. And what I really like, and I'm, I'm hoping that this, this deal with Safeway is a test run and that the next, the next head to fall from the crew over there at uh, Lolly is going to be Albertsons themselves. And the whole damn family of companies all at once starts, uh, starts doing this. If they do that, automatic top five Bitcoin company. So watch for that because I know Alex, I know it's not that he's unaware. And even if he was before I started getting in his ear, he's aware now. Uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he, he's not an idiot. <laughs> he knew where to go. I think it's a test run. That's what I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much sure of. So anyway, uh, again, that's one of the reasons why I'm thinking this, this company, if not already is going, going to be a top five Bitcoin company. All right, getting out of that and into uh, lightning news, we've got a blog post from the engineering folks over there at, uh, oh, Lightning Labs. And this is from Valentin Wallace. This was written yesterday, introducing LN Demon, uh, Dockerized Lightning Network Monitoring. Today, we're excited to announce the first alpha release of LN Demon, a drop-in Dockerized Monitoring Solution for LND. As the, light, as the network has grown over the past year, we've noticed gaps in its observability and the need for an easy-to-use tool for routing node operators to manage their nodes. This year, a lack of such a suitable tool caused certain problems in the peer-to-peer network to remain undiscovered until they became harmful. LN Daemon, which works with LND 0.7 and beyond, thanks in part to the new feature of exporting a GRPC performance data, helps prevent problems by enabling users to monitor trends and take preventative action. For example, a routing node operator may want to be notified if multiple channels are closed in rapid succession or if their peer connections show signs of instability. Besides preventing network trouble, LN Daemon is a flexible monitoring tool for routing node operators and other users who want to track how their channels change over time. Users can also monitor network-wide trends, such as growth in the number of channels and where the best routing fee rates can be found. LN Daemon is built with Prometheus and Grafana. Prometheus scrapes metrics from the from LN Daemon and Grafana presents the data in eye-catching graphs. LN Daemon 
comes with a set of basic graphs out of the box, but users are encouraged to add their own customized graphs to match their specific needs. Nginx <coughs> excuse me, is an oper- optional component of LN Daemon, which adds the ability for users to access their dashboards remotely over TLS. A major advantage of Prometheus is its query language. Let's go through the let's go through an example. One might ask, what is the average number of bytes received from my five most bandwidth hogging peers? And then at that point they go into a, a, a little bit of code writing, like it'll say, like, you know, first we want to get the number of the bytes received from the top five peers. So that command is T-O-P-K parentheses five. Uh, uh, comma, LND underscore peer underscore receive underscore byte in parentheses. Next, we simply average them and then they, and then you do the exact same thing, except you put the, uh, that entire command into another set of parentheses and put AVG in front of it to get the average. So it's, you know, it's going to be pretty simple. Prometheus makes it easy to get creative when extracting information from your node. A primary design goal of LN Daemon is easy setup. Running LN Daemon locally is as simple as fill. Filling in the path to your LND directory and running docker hyphen compose space up. All data is persisted automatically in Docker volumes. If you want to access your dashboard remotely over TLS, you just have to fill in a few more fields and run another Docker hyphen compose command. TLS certs will automatically renew when they expire. Everything is intended to be as simple to use as possible. And then they give an example of the of the uh graphic user or the the data that's presented in graph form and it's really pretty and i'm sure you can change, probably change colors and then it goes uh goes into licensing the future and stuff but you know in in either event they're um they're giving you metric tools now for lightning network so that you you know you can manage your stuff a little bit better and i think that's really exciting because as as somebody who uses lots and lots of graphs <clears throat> and has been in science, you know, have been in science for years. I can appreciate being able to boil down a whole bunch of information succinctly into a visual representation makes things really, really, really cool. Um, and then right after they made that announcement, um, I came up, or, or two of our favorite companies, <clears throat> Fold underscore app and LN underscore pizza. That's right, Lightning Pizza. <clears throat> both are upgrade uh, made um, uh, announcements that they were going their their stuff was going to be unavailable for a little bit because they were immediately upgrading their nodes to zero point seven. Okay, so this is you know this is getting exciting. It's been exciting for a while, but it just continues continues to be exciting. All right, uh, getting on up, uh, Francis Poya. And I'm never going to pronounce this poor gentleman's name. He, Francis, you need to call me and and verbally tell me how to pronounce your name. I think it's Pouliot, but I'm going to go with Puyo. <clears throat> August 1st. Oh, he says Bitcoin Independence Day 2019, August 1st. Hashtag UASF party. Organized by the Montreal Bitcoin Meetup, meetup by at V-E-R-I-P-H-I-B-T-C and at Bull Bitcoin underscore join or die meetup.com. And, he, and it's, he's, he's given the, uh, the uh, uh, web address for it. So, yes, reminder, we have another holiday for Bitcoin. It is Bitcoin Independence Day, August 1st. That's basically when we told... Every miner on the face of the planet, you will do exactly what we tell you to do, 
or you will go piss off. And they figured it out. I mean, at the very last minute, the very last minute, the companies that thought that they were in control of Bitcoin found out that they had nothing to do with Bitcoin at all. And they have all suffered for it greatly, greatly. And you're going to continue to suffer because people got really pissed off that you tried to do pull the same bullshit that we're trying to escape from. You did the exact same thing that the people that we're trying to get away from have been doing to us forever. And you didn't even understand that you were doing it. So piss off, man. Um, okay. Peter McCormick takes a lot of shit. And I, you know, he, he takes a lot of shit because he gives interviews to people who probably shouldn't be interviewed, but that is his podcast. So I, again, you know, it, it's his property, man. Let, let him do what he wants. And if, if you don't like somebody who's on the show, don't listen to that show. But uh, I found it odd. I was kind of, you know, having fun last night. And where, where did this thing start? Um, hold on here. Oh, I was kind of getting on. He, he had had a, a tweet and uh, he says, financial customer companies sell risk. I trust BlockFi and I am a customer. And I just, I just wrote, wrote back to that. I said, shill at BTC pay server. <laughs> Phoenix Lone Wolf writes back. He says, they're a sponsor of his. And I, I write back and I say, not that I know of. I just want BTC pay server to get shilled AF. And then uh, Phoenix comes back and says, BISC needs some help in that department. And then I, I write back and I say, correct. And then just tag him directly. Hey, Peter McCormick, can we get some loves? And Peter wrote back and said, sure, send me a script and I'll do a show ad for free. So, guys, um, I am not the best advertiser in the world. I, I, I don't come up with good taglines and stuff. If you want Peter to be held to have, if you want to hold Peter's feet to the flame on this and, and have him do an ad for BTC Pay Server and or BISC, because he, he didn't say he'll do one or the other, and he also didn't say he'll do both. Uh, I like BISC, but I like where BTC Pay Server is going and, and the force in which they're getting there. I think it's more important to shill BTC Pay Server than BISC right now. And I'm sorry for you, for you BISC guys. I Like I said, I love you both. But if I had to pick one, it's going to be BTC Pay Server. If you want to hold Peter's feet to the flame, send me just... You know, it doesn't matter. Just tag me in a tweet or something like that. I'll pick it up, man. I I, I don't have my notifications filtered. Um, just write a tagline for BTC Pay Server and BISC, and then we'll you know maybe we'll let Peter decide what what he wants to do. It is his show. Anyway, so write me a, a like a, a a script. Make it like ten seconds. You know, if you can. You know, short, sweet, to the damn point. All right. So again, uh, thank you, Peter, for uh, getting back to me on that. And also thank you for the offer. Uh, I think we should hold your feet to the fire on that one. Okay. The more you tighten your grip, you sons of bitches. U.S. Treasury Secretary warns of new crypto reg regulations. This is written by Landon Manning for Bitcoin Magazine yesterday. Stephen Nguyen. The United States Secretary of the Treasury has stated that regulators are likely to impose new restrictions on cryptocurrency in the near future. This stance was likely a follow-up to President Trump's comments blasting Facebook's Libra coin, as well as Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Quote, we're looking at all of the crypto assets, Minchin claimed in a television interview. 
we're going to make sure we have a unified approach. And my guess is that there are going to be more regulations that come out of these agencies. The Senate Banking on Committee, Housing and Urban Affairs is set to hold a hearing on cryptocurrency and blockchain affairs on July the 30th, 2019. The hearing will be open to the public, but beyond an initial list of witnesses to appear, the committee's agenda has not been made public. In mid-July, the United States Senate and House of Representatives both held their own separate hearings to gather information about Libra from its project head, David Marcus. Questions covered not only the plans for Libra, but also the effect that cryptocurrencies in general have on financial markets, hopefully to rust its bones. Okay, so uh, let's see. Let's do this one. This is out of Cointelegraph by Helen Parts. This was an hour ago. Abra restricts Americans from holding EOS and four other altcoins. California-based crypto wallet service Abra will restrict some services for American users starting from August. Let me read that again. California-based crypto wallet service Abra will restrict some services for Americans. She's for I'm surprised I can go to, as an American, I'm surprised I can walk across the street and go into a convenience store and give them U.S. dollars and they give me money or give me an item without all of us being terrified. This is the sorriest state of affairs I've ever seen that a United States company has to restrict United States citizens from using some of their services. It's ridiculous. Sorry, sorry for the rant. Abra will have to enforce some system modifications due to continued regulatory uncertainty in the United States, according to a blog post on July 25th. Notably, American users will no longer be able to hold a number of cryptocurrencies, including EOS. Specifically, the platform will start migrating its smart contract-based synthetic... Sorry, synthetic asset to a native hosted wallet solution added, adding that those assets are defined on Abra as anything other than Bitcoin, Ether, Litecoin, and Bitcoin Cash. Uh, Sorry, I mispronounced that. Bcash. That's pronounced Bcash. This migration will have a direct impact on some services for U.S. users, including restriction from holding five cryptocurrencies. Namely, Americans will not be eligible to hold EOS, Quant, uh, Qtum, uh, Bitcoin Gold, Omizgo, and Status after August 9th, 29th, 2019, said Aber. The company added that any remaining balances in those assets after that date will automatically be converted to Bitcoin in the app. Good for y'all. <clears throat> As such, after August 29th, New York residents will only be able to hold Bitcoin, Ether, Litecoin, and Bcash on Aber, the company stated. Additionally, Abra users from New York will no longer be able to use ACH transfers as well as wire or American Express for deposits and withdrawals after August 29th, 2019. At the same time, the migration process is expected to be seamless for for the majority of U.S. users and will uh, allow users to continue managing operations with no interruption. However, the process may cause some operations to be unavailable for a few minutes the blog post notes recently major crypto payments firm circle announced the launch of a new subsidiary in bermuda to serve non-american customers of its trading platform polonix in the announcement circle revealed its plans to introduce new crypto services as part of the expansion to bermuda however many of those new services will not be available in the u.s the company said so there you go it's just embarrassing reading stuff like that because it's just so damn silly. Um, 
This one, however, this was weird. Uh, Bram Cohen tweeted out yesterday that he he his frustration with Tron uh, and and Justin's son not paying the last installment for BitTorrent. And let's let, let's see where this goes. This is a couple of hours ago. This was written by William Suberg for Coin Telegraph. Says Tron still hasn't fully paid for BitTorrent a year on creator claims. BitTorrent creator Bram Cohen has added to controversy swirling around Tron CEO Justin Sun by claiming he did not fully pay him for the streaming platform. In a series of tweets, July 25th, Cohen said that the proceeds from the sale of BitTorrent, which Sun purchased last year, had not arrived in full. Tron took over BitTorrent for an undisclosed amount in cryptocurrency, with Cohen now complaining the final installment has been stuck in escrow for two months. Quote, anybody know if Justin's son is hard up for cash? He isn't letting the last payment for BitTorrent get out of escrow, he wrote. That was the tweet that I saw. And then the rest of the tweets, which got a little heated. Um, as, Twin, as Cointelegraph reported, Sun is currently under pressure after reportedly sparking an investigation by Chinese authorities into his business practices. Accounts of the facts differ, with Chinese state media claiming Sun had his right to travel abroad restricted as long ago as last year. Wow. At the same time, the entrepreneur had posted photographs of himself in San Francisco. Citing ill health, Sun this week canceled a lunch with Bitcoin naysayer Warren Buffett, for which he paid over $4.6 million. That payment to the United States, one media source argued, could have increased the ire of the Chinese authorities. Responding to the BitTorrent complaint, the Tron Foundation's head of business development, Roy Liu, requested Cohen use private channels in order to follow up on the delay. Quote, FYI, the money in escrow is not considered Justin's cash. Justin has signed release agreement. Buyer, seller, lawyers will follow up and settle in, quote, he replied. Cohen followed up by asking why the payment was two months overdue, but Liu did not post any further comment. Likewise, Cohen appeared to ignore criticism from other Twitter users focusing on the platform being an inappropriate environment to discuss a private sale. Nah, <laughs> we'd miss out on it, man, because this thing is this the whole Tron Justin Sun thing is a dumpster fire. It's been a dumpster fire. It's it 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 clearly gaining more fuel. It's getting hotter. And to tell you the truth, I think there's something terribly terribly wrong at the guts of Tron. I think something really bad has happened and nobody's talking about it. And at one point or another, we're probably going to find out. Now, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't mind being wrong. But this, the canceled lunch, the kidney stones, him like the Chinese allegations, the travel restrictions, him ending up in San Francisco for quote unquote recovery from kidney stones. And yet, at a party, he apparently went to a party with a whole bunch of other Tron marketers hours after saying that he probably marketed Tron a little too hard. The whole thing, man, something's wrong. Something is wrong. <laughs> okay. Um, now getting back into this, <clears throat> into this, uh, tweet from, from Bram is this is, uh, God, 12.01 PM yesterday. Anybody know if Justin's son is hard up for cash one, Crypto underscore skills writes back and says, seem to have paid out on the 11th as per normal. What is your source for this? And Bram Cohen comes back and says, my source for this is that I don't have the fucking money. And the escrow agency says they haven't gotten sign off. What's your source? Bram is pissed, man. He just roasted poor crypto on that one. So 
be be careful around Bram Cohen right now, man, because the man is not happy. And you know, how, how could you be? He doesn't have his money. And last one up for morning roundup is out of coin telegraph by Marie Huyet. IRS sending phishing letters to crypto users. So they pay taxes. Apparently this is from an attorney. This was written four hours ago. Uh, United States Internal Revenue Service is sending letters to crypto investors to apparently scare them into accurately reporting their crypto-related income. According to a Forbes report by crypto tax attorney Tyson Cross published on the 26th, the number of Cross's clients have received a, a letter 7174-A from the IRS threatening future civil and criminal enforcement activity if they fail to fully comply with reporting requirements. And here's the the actual letter with the name uh, who whoever got this uh, redacted it says, "Dear Black Box, why we're writing to you? We have information that you have or had one or more accounts containing virtual currency, but may not have properly reported your transactions involving virtual currency, which in, which include cryptocurrency and non crypto virtual currencies." After reviewing the information below, if you believe you didn't accurately report your virtual currency transactions on a federal income tax return, you should file amended returns or delinquent returns if you didn't file a return for one or more taxable years. If you do not accurately report your virtual currency, we're going to kill you. Now, it says that's something else, but let's, I mean, you know where it's going. While Cross notes that the letter may give the impression that it is a personally targeted enforcement action, he argues that it is much more likely to be a generic mailing campaign intended to encourage voluntary compliance one year after the IRS first launched its cryptocurrency compliance push. Although the agency could feasibly have identified tax cheats and sent the letter to specific individuals, Cross notes that over a dozen of his clients, all of whom accurately reported their crypto-derived income, had received the letter. Much more likely, he claims, is that the IRS has used its list of taxpayers identified in 2017 by Coinbase and conducted a blanket campaign to exert psychological pressure on investors. He notes, quote, this would seem to indicate the IRS is sending these letters to taxpayers as a phishing attempt without any real belief that each recipient has underreported cross rights that several other tax professionals have revealed to him that their own clients, despite accurate reporting, had also received letter 6174-A. Cross advised investors not to panic should they receive the letter, but to thoroughly ensure the accuracy of their tax returns, given that at the very least it means they are on the agency's radar. As previously reported, data released ahead of the close of the preceding tax year indicated that just 0.04% of tax filers were reporting capital gains from crypto investments to the IRS. Back in July 2017, the IRS had required that major U.S. crypto exchange Coinbase hand over detailed information on every one of its 500,000 users in, in an attempt to prevent tax evasion. However, a court order in November 2017 reduced this number to around 14,000 high transacting users, which the platform later reported as 13,000. An, an alleged presentation uh, yeah, presentation by the agency earlier this month reportedly revealed that the IRS hopes to use grand jury subpoenas on firms such as Apple, Google, and Microsoft to check taxpayers' download history for crypto-related applications. Jesus Christ. We live in a freaking gulag, y'all. This is just, this is, a, I mean, it's, it's so unacceptable. But what's the most unacceptable part? 
that we have allowed this shit to occur. We should have been combating this crap a hundred years ago so that we wouldn't be here now. But no, probably because of refined sugar. I don't know, but we've let ourselves get into this sorry-ass state of affairs, and we will be lucky if we live through it. I, I, I hate to be that pessimistic, man, but this is why I Bitcoin. That'll do it for your morning roundup. Yes, there's a price drop, but we're still above 9,000. Bitcoin is at an average of 9,769. The high is going to be over at, oh, where is the high? Oh, I can't find it. Screw it. Where's the low? Uh, Man, this is a pretty tight range, dude. Dude, there's 9,744 at hit BTC. Wow, that is tight across exchanges. I mean, they're all in this range. All of them. My God, I don't know if I've ever seen it that tight. That may be good news, come to think of it. Uh, 328,000 transactions have been made over the last 24 hours, about 13,600 on average every hour. Uh, 1.4 million BTC have been sent over that 24-hour period, with an average being sent per hour of 58,000 BTC. Average transaction volume is 4.3 BTC and the median transaction, not volume, value. Let me do that again. Average transaction value is 4.3 BTC. The median transaction value is 0.033 BTC or about 325 bucks, which is like kind of where I, I like seeing it. Block time's still a bit low, 9 minutes, 10 seconds. We've got 0.33 BTC being taken in fees on a per-block basis and 51.82 BTC taken in fees overall over the last 24 hours. Hash rate has increased 1.28%, and we're sitting at 66.25 exahashes per second. Last GitHub commit was sometime this morning. Yeah, doesn't surprise me. Ethereum is at 215. Litecoin is at 92. Bcash is at 313. BSV is at 160. Ethereum Classic is at 6. Dogecoin is 0.0029. And no, no. I'm going to have to stop doing the the transactions of Dogecoin because they seem to be falling. Even though we know the Bcash and BSV chains are, oh God. I know. You'll, 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 you're going to get it. Don't worry. Don't worry. It, you're, you're going to get it. You'll, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, BSV and, and Bcash chains are kind of smoking the, do, the, <clears throat> the doge right now, but whatever. Uh, mempool. Let's see what's going on here. We've got uh, 3,800 unconfirmed transactions sitting in three blocks yet to be mined. Um We've had, yeah, we're consistently over, the blocks that have been mined are consistently over a megabyte. And the blocks coming up are already over their megabyte limit. So there's your mempool and that'll do it for your vital statistics. All right, boys and girls, uh, I got... Um, I got a lead from uh, a list, a listener, I suppose, uh, Sunset Zen One, uh, also known as Coin Doggy, says sent me a tweet that says, "How about a great Africa cover tonight?" 
And he sent me a video of Mike Mass, or Massey, probably, with uh, Jeff Hall, and they are doing an acoustic version of Africa, and I'm kind of blown away.
and I really appreciate that Sunset Zen one. That was uh, that was pretty cool that you sent that to me because uh, I I would have never found it on my own, and it also led me to um, another cover of Africa, which is a little bit harder. I'll do. Um, I think I'm going to do that one on Monday. But here here's the, the thing that I was getting into about doing that that whole lawyers, guns, and money stuff. If you find a band that covers a tune that you really like chances are good you're probably it's probably worth your time to look further into that band because as I've been doing this I've been discovering all manner of of new music that I would have never found all by myself because the record industry and their marketing is basically all centered on giving us crap and not good music so I would have never known who the hell Mike Massey is and I certainly wouldn't have ever heard of the other band that I found that has a very fun, a, I mean, it's a fun cover of Africa, man. And then I, and I, and it, uh, this whole thing is kind of like, uh, I, I totally forgot that, uh, Weezer had covered a couple of Africa tunes and they did it so well that people from, Af- uh, from Toto, um, were, were like going ballers, man. They were, they really enjoyed it too. So uh, that said, um, if you haven't, I mean, it's not, you know, we're, we're all like, for some reason or another, the Africa, you know, the song Africa from Toto has turned itself into a meme in the Bitcoin world. And probably I'm sure it's actually came to the Bitcoin world from outside, but so I don't know how a song becomes a meme, but it is. Okay. That said, you might want to actually look at some of the other shit Toto's written, man, because Steve uh, Steve Lukather is one of the best guitar players ever, ever. Uh, shit, you not, man. This dude is 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 ballers. And Toto, if you actually watch the David Lynch uh, movie of Dune, which uh, I mean, it's David Lynch. What are you gonna do? But he kind of screwed the movie up. But Toto did the soundtrack, and a lot of people don't know that. And the soundtrack's not bad. And it's not bad because Toto did it. And the reason is because it's a group of musicians that uh, were, they were session musicians out of LA and they just decided to form their own band and boom, Toto was born, man. Anyway, kind of a misunderstood band. Uh, if you haven't listened to Rosanna, uh, Steve Picaro was the drummer. He's sadly, he passed, but he wrote pro- what could possibly be one of the best drum uh, kick drum or, one of the best drum rhythm drum riffs in the history of rock and roll. I mean, this thing for the, 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 the backing drum riff for, for Rosanna is just, it's one of the coolest, most laid back yet pronounced, you know, rock, your rock rhythms ever. So, you know, go listen to it. Anyway, that's enough about Toto. Let's get on into the daily train wreck. daily train wrecked can you imagine can you imagine who it's gonna be is it possible is it possible that it could be that's right it's freaking bsv okay bitmex research uh bitmex wrecked is offline but bitmex research twitter account is still alive and active God forbid. Let's 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 read this thing. Uh, it's a series of three tweets. The BSV chain has split into two. 
bullet points. Uh, planned hard fork rule change occurred at height 592-590. A block which exploited the rule chain was produced at height 592-605. Another block on the original rules chain was mined at height 592-605. The situation is now getting even weirder. Our upgraded BSV 0.2.1 node is reporting a lower difficulty non-verified branch with a height of 592747, 140 blocks ahead of the main chain. This may be caused by some bugs. And the last one is this 592747 block is on the Bitcoin Cash Network. Somehow our Bitcoin SV node picked this up. They can't even differentiate between their own chains, people. Yeah. Yeah. So BSV split into two. I would go and check uh, if they've if that's been resolved, but honestly, I don't care, and neither should you. I mean, I you know this is not investment advice, but dude, if you really want to go put your money into that shit show, clown circus, dumpster fire, man, go ahead, dude. But they can barely they can barely keep their chains alive, and it's and it's even getting worse with BSV because. It's, or I, I think it's for BSV that they're going to allow you to just put unlimited amounts of data onto their blockchain. And I'm like, okay, well, this, you know, library of Congress has fiber, uh, you know, somebody close to B DC wants to go upload, uh, LOC's entire 4k video library to BSV. Go ahead. Because apparently nothing's stopping you. And and this is again, I, I don't need, I don't really need to say it, but I will reiterate. This is why, small blocks. You know, we've already read a couple of stories, you know, a couple of stories today you know, have things to do with regulations and like the, and the IRS and stuff like that. And I kind of look at it as the scene from star Wars when princess Leah is talking to uh, governor Tarkin. And she says, the more you tighten your grip Tarkin, the more star systems will slip through your fingers. The reason that the, they won't all slip through, but the ones that do slip through are going to be small enough to slip through. Um, and the, the larger you make your chain, however you do that, whether it's like you have a whole ton of blocks being mined at once, but they're very, very small, or you've got, you know, one block every 10 minutes and it's very, very large. It, you're, you're giving a surface area that in the more surface area you give, the more friction coefficient somebody has to, to grip you by the tie and slap the shit out of your face. You want a clip-on tie that almost anybody will miss on their first shot trying to grab you by <laughs> grab you to slap you in the face. And the tie that is that is BCH and BSV are very, very large, and they're getting larger all the time, and they're not a clip-on. All right. So, you know, keep the shit in mind that, you know, it, it I have said on occasion. I'm almost on Luke Dash Jr.'s side with the 300k uh, KB blocks block size. Now that's not that's not going to happen because if it, if somebody tried it, we'd been end up right back in a UASF situation. But I know where he's coming from. The less surface area that you provide, the better 
the more slippery you are, the less attack vector you, uh, the less attack, the less attacks can vector on you. It's probably the, a terrible way to say it, but it seems appropriate here. You don't want to give a large surface area, you know, you just don't. And I think, you know, I think the way that the, the Bitcoin, the actual Bitcoin chain has been done over the years, I got a gut feeling it's the right way to go. That's all I can say about that. Anyway, there's your smoldering pile for the day. All right, man. Terrible Joke Corner is brought to you from a 2016 article out of Indy 100 from The Independent. Six jokes only people with a dark sense of humor will find funny. And I, I'm one of those people that have a dry and kind of a darker sense of humor. I get, I get, I get that from my dad because, you know, my dad was addicted to watching Monty Python flying circus when, when it was on a, Oh, we, PBS used to run Monty Python's flying circus back when I was a kid, dad would come and get me on Sunday. I think it was Sunday nights at 10 o'clock when it, when it would turn on and it was a school night. Mom used to get pissed because dad would come get me to watch Monty Python with him. It was awesome. One of those is one of those dad memories that if you have a dad memory like that, keep that son of a bitch safe because when your dad passes like mine has, it'll be the, it'll those and the things like it will be what you have left. And honestly, it's enough. So don't lose those memories. And if you have kids of your own, do what you can to make them because one of these days you're going to take a dirt nap and that'll be, that'll be what they have. Okay. So sadness aside, let's say, when does a joke become a dad joke? When the punchline becomes apparent. Yeah, buddy, that's a terrible joke, but I love it. I love it. Anyway, uh, there's your terrible joke corner for the day. Me out. I will uh, come back on Monday. We'll uh, do that other uh, that other uh, Toto or that uh, Africa cover. We'll talk about whatever lunacy happens over the weekend. Obviously, much more. I might even go back to reading the Marty's Bent because I, I tell you the truth, man. I kind of miss reading Marty's Bent. Um, and we, I, I again, if you want to hold Pete uh, Peter McCormick's feet to the fire. Send me some short scripts to shill the shit out of BTC pay server and or BISC. Okay. Um, you guys probably know a hell of a lot more about these companies than I do. You know, I'm, I'm trying to cover, you know, as much as I can. And when you do that, you can't really dive into one, one thing and one thing only. Um, and, but for those of you who do, and if, if somebody from BTC pay server that will, you know, is a coder or whatever, and you've got a sense of humor, you know, write me some script, bro. And I will see if I'll see if Peter keeps up his end of the bargain. He selects a script. If he selects a script and reads it on his uh, uh, podcast, what Bitcoin did, then I think we can all safely say that we all won. Anyway, I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.